Good morning again. <laughs> um, so as Billy said, he is so sad he couldn't be here this morning, um, but he is very proud of each of you. Um, so I hope that you got that from that video. Um, so I am, like I said, super proud of these graduates. And as I was thinking through what to talk on, thinking through the series that we're in, um, some things came to my mind, and in the spirit of graduation, not all of you are about to go to college, but several of you are, and um, I thought about things that are often forgotten when you go to college, and so I've got a list. This is not statistically correct, so don't hold me to it, but I'm going to call it the top 10 things forgotten when you go to college. Don't Google it or research it because it may not be statistical, but this is what we're saying. So uh, number one, uh, business slash professional quotes. So parents, you may want to take some notes. These are things you want to make sure you get packed <laughs> to send off with them when they're ready to go. Uh, you never know when you're going to have a job interview or something that you need to do. Uh, number two, an agenda slash planner. You got to stay organized. It can be in your iPad. It can be, you know, there's, there's many ways to do it, but you need to get organized. Uh, number three, a trash can. I, um, <laughs> I did not um, live off at college for very long, maybe like a weekend is how long I was off, which is a whole nother story. But I was so surprised there was not a trash can in the dorm. I don't know why, but bring a trash can with you if you're living in a dorm, because there's not one there. Uh, number four, cleaning supplies in the same realm of things. You know, you want to keep things tidy. Also, uh, this isn't on the list, but toilet paper, that's not going to be in your dorm room. You got you to buy your own when you grow up. So, um, <laughs> number five, a beach towel. Even if you're not near a beach, you may have an opportunity to go to a water park or you maybe would just lay out in the sun. Uh, number six, a can opener um, and other kitchen utensils. Um, even if you're in a dorm and you're not, you don't have a kitchen, you may want to like crack open a can of raviolis, put them in the microwave. Number uh, 100% college life. Sorry, all about tripping over some batteries there. Um, number seven, scissors. Um, Self-explanatory. Uh, number eight, a swimsuit. The same reason you may need you may need to go swimming. Uh, number nine, first aid slash medications. Make sure you got like your um, your sinus stuff, your headaches, all the things. You know, Krishan <laughs> said yes to the sinus stuff. <laughs> Poor Krishan. Uh, and number ten, luggage. When you go home for visits, you don't want to bring um, all your stuff in the back of your car. Although you would, your parents don't want you to do that. They would like to have a laundry basket or a luggage or something. So um, you may know someone who's super forgetful. Is anybody with me? Do you know anybody that's like super forgetful? Like you can like think of that person. Um, so uh, if, if you don't know a person, I would like to introduce you to myself because I am that person. <laughs> I am um, kind of embarrassingly forgetful, um, and everyone who's very close to me knows that this is true. I know that I forget, um, just a few things that I forget. If you um, call me and I don't answer, and I send you a text and say, I'll call you back later, I'm probably not going to call you back. Um, not because I'm mad at you, I just, I will forget. Or if um, I ran into you in Walmart and said, I'll call you later. It, it may not happen because I'm going to forget. Um, I forget to text people back. So I know that I cannot open a text if I don't have time to uh, respond right then. Because if I open it and I don't respond, it's never getting responded to. Um, I forget people's names pretty badly. The students don't laugh at me. <laughs> the students are laughing at me. Um, I forget to take my medicine pretty often. So much that I've said this enough in the office that Billy has come up to me and said, did you forget your memory pills? Um, 
I wish I had those, but I don't. <laughs> um, and then um, one really embarrassing time, I'm going to uh, tell a story that Krishan will like, amen about. Uh, Krishan won the FCA award for the district or for Irwin County. He doesn't know, but he won a, a, a like a pretty cool reward award. And um, he told us in the middle of youth, apparently, and um, I um, allegedly turned around and told the whole youth group. And um, then a few weeks later, Krishan shows me the award that he got. And I was like, oh man, why didn't you tell me you won that? And he was like, I told you. And you told the entire youth group. And we all clapped for me. <laughs> I was like, There's no memory of that. So you, you may be worried about me. You may think I need to see a medical professional and you may be right. But, um, but I am just so forgetful. Maybe you can relate to that. Anybody relate with me? Anybody in here? Okay. So we've got some people that relate. Um, but something that I forget most often, and it's the most dangerous thing to forget, is what God has already done for me. So I often forget that God has taken care of me, that God has seen me through things before. I forget that God is who he says he is in his word. I forget that God is there. I forget that God is present in my life all the time. Um, and though that's the most dangerous thing to forget because then I start to do things in my own strength and I start to, um, panic and I start to worry and, and, um, it leads to a lack of faith, honestly. And so maybe you too have at some point forgotten God, maybe not forgotten his existence, maybe not forgotten, you know, everything about him, maybe not forgotten church, but maybe you have forgotten what God can do, what God has done, um, and what he is able to do. And I think this is actually a huge problem in the church, not just Osceola Baptist, I'm talking like worldwide church. People are forgetting. Um, I, I heard a 2018 study, I tried to find the pictures, I went to a conference, and they showed these um, graphs on the screen, and I took a picture of it, but it would be harder for you to see if I put it up there. So I'm just going to communicate it to you. There was a 2018 study done um, that showed that 66% of students who are active in church, um, who participated in youth group, when um, they go on to their next step of young adulthood, 66% of those students stop attending church regularly. That is a huge number. That is over half. Um, and of that 66%, only, I mean, or of that 66%, 71% of those 66 said they never planned on stopping going to church. It just happened. And so what is happening to this next generation? The biggest gap, age gap in the church is between 18 and 35. So it's these students that we're sitting here celebrating and we're clapping for and we're saying we're going to support you. These are the students and these are the young adults who are leaving the church and there's just a big missing gap of 18 to 35-year-olds in the, the worldwide church. Um, in that study, it said uh, that if a student had three or more mentors that were invested in their lives, that they were three times more likely to stay invested throughout the rest of their life. And so that means when adults come alongside them, people older than them come alongside them, the more that, that do that, the more likely these students, and not just you guys, but the whole world, your age, are likely to stay in church. 
And so what I think is happening here is they have someone standing beside them reminding them. This is who God is. This is what God's word says. This is why it's important to be in church. This is why it's important to study God's word. This is why it's important to pray. There's someone beside them saying, you have to keep the faith. And I'm super thankful. Our church does a pretty good job at this. We have some young adult small group leaders that come alongside our students. And um, you can ask some of their parents. They love their small group leaders. They talk about them more than anybody else. They'd rather talk to them than they would to me. And that's awesome. I'd rather it be that way. But they have some extra mentors placed into their life. And so also while I was researching this topic, um, I realized that that God's word wants us to remember too. So if you would flip open to Joshua chapter 3, if you have your Bible. If you don't, it will be on the screen. So just to give you some background to what's happening here. Um, so Moses was promised this super flourishing land. It was going to be sweet. It was going to be great. He's going to lead God's people into it. Um, but he was not going to be in the land. Um, so someone else had to lead them into the land. After Moses dies, Joshua is the one that's taking the lead of that trek, taking the Israelites into the promised land. And so one of uh, Joshua's first tasks was to get them to cross the Jordan. And so that's where we're at right now. I'm going to pick up in uh, chapter 3, verse 5. Um, I'm sorry, this one's not on there for you. Avery, this is just something that I thought was super neat. This is leading up to it. Um, in chapter 3, verse 5, it says, this is before they're going to cross the river. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So, like, we know something really cool is about to happen. All right, now, Avery, we got you on track here. We're going to be in chapter 3, verse 14. So they're about to cross the river. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant, went with ahead of them. Now, the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. So I don't know much about rivers or anything, but I know that if there is a river at flood stage, I'm probably not getting in it. Like, I'm not going swimming there. That's not where I'm choosing. Um, so just keep this in mind. This river is at flood stage. Um, yeah, as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan... And their feet touched the water's edge. The water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away in a town called Adam. In the vicinity of Zerthan. These words, y'all. Just bear with me in a second. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho, the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant to the Lord, stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completely had completed the crossing on dry ground. So we have a river that is at stage flood, uh, flood stage. Um, and who has ever seen a flooded river? Like maybe you were on a bridge, hopefully. <laughs> maybe you weren't like getting taken away by it. But um, when we see a, a flooded river, how many of you have ever wondered or thought that possibly in just a matter of seconds or minutes, you're going to be able to see the, the dry ground underneath? 
It's like impossible. And yet, as soon as the priest's feet touch the ground, God is making a way for them to get through, and they all walk through on dry ground. So this is a miraculous story. It blows my mind. It's a lot like the Red Sea with Moses when he parted, you know, God parted the Red Sea and they walked through. Um, so it is amazing. So uh, chapter 4, verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among you, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So what the Lord, or what he's saying to them is, Take 12 stones, go place them, and make a memorial. Like, place, like make this something that you can look back on and say, this is what God did then. And this is what he goes on to say. We're going to go forward a few verses. We're going to be in verse 21. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until, sorry, we had crossed over. I'm rereading stuff. Um, he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. So he's saying, put up this memorial, put up this thing where you can remember so that the generations behind you know that God is Lord, that he is powerful, that we have to fear him or that we can trust him. And so what he's saying is we have to remember. Like God is saying, this isn't the only time in scripture where God does this and says, go make a memorial, go set up this thing, go do this so that when other people come through, they can see this thing and you can say, this is what God did. And so we have to Remember is what God's saying. God wants us to be the reminder to the next generation that they need to remember. And so us personally, that starts with us, right? We personally have to remember that God is able. And then when we do that, um, students, I want to tell y'all, you have to remember what God has done in your life. This isn't just for the adults to pour into you. Students, as you leave this stage of life. Don't leave, as Billy said in his video, don't leave the church. The church is for you. The church is, was created by God for you to be a part of. And so don't leave the church. Take the next step and remind generations that are right behind you. Like even though you're not, you know, like 40 or 50 or something, there's a generation behind you that you can already pour into. There are people beside you when you get to your classes or when you get into the the workforce or wherever you're going, there's going to be people beside you that don't know who Jesus is, that don't know the gospel, that maybe they did at one point and they just need help remembering. And so I want to challenge you guys, don't let church stop right here because a lot of people will walk out of youth group and they're like, well, church was just for youth group. But there is so much to like what God can do for you and through you in the church um, and for you to do and help other generations be reminded. And parents and other adults, you may not be a parent of these students, but you may be a parent and you may be an adult that's not a parent. Either way, there are several, if not more, generations behind you. And you have seen a lot in your lifetime. You've experienced a lot with God. You have seen what God can do. Um, and we need... To, 
adults to come alongside the next generation. As that statistic I read earlier, students who have three or more mentors are more likely to stay involved in church. That means we have to have mentors. We have to have people who stand up and say, hey, I'm gonna tell these students what God did for me. I'm gonna tell these students what God's teaching me through his word. And it doesn't mean you have to be a small group leader. It doesn't mean you have to stand beside them every week. It doesn't mean that you have to chaperone camp, although that would be very appreciated. It doesn't mean that you have to do all of the things that the youth parents and youth team do. But it does mean that on a Sunday morning or when you come to church on Wednesday night, you stop by that room and you pick a student and you say, hey, I just saw you do this. I want to encourage you. And I want to tell you what God's done in my life. Or maybe you just pick out one student. So if every person in this room picked out one student from our youth group, every student is going to have multiple people who are coming to them and saying, hey, I just want to encourage you. I want to tell you that God's for you. I want to tell you that God is good. I want, you to tell, I want to tell you to keep following God. So if every adult in here just picked a student and that's what they did when they saw that student, it doesn't mean, like I said, you have to be there every Wednesday night. It means that that's the student that you are going to pour into and invest in. And maybe if you're a guest here and you're like, I'm not going to see these students again, find someone who is younger than you in your life to be that person, to point out and remind them who God is. Because when we forget, we lack faith. So we must remind the next generation of God's faithfulness. We have to remind the next generation. So students... Stay connected. Don't just walk out of youth group and you're done with God and church. Because God is not just for teenagers. You can look around this room and many adults can tell you that God is for people. It doesn't matter what age. 